Man, he's good. God is, God is just, God is so good. And so, man, we are just excited to have you with us today. And, and um, I, it's just an honor, man. We just, we're going to jump right into it. Let's, let's, let's talk about Jesus this morning. People have been asking us, how are you doing it? Pastor, how do you keep doing it? How do you keep going when you're hurting? How do you keep going? And I remember talking to one of my young men uh, a couple weeks before Jabin got put in the hospital, and I was telling him, you got to learn how to lead while you bleed. Because people are watching you when you don't know people are watching you. So you can hurt. You can bleed. That's okay. But you got to figure out how to rely on Jesus and lead while you bleed. And so today we're going to lead while we bleed. Amen. So I don't want you to have your head bowed low for me and my wife and my son. We trust the most high. And I told the Lord again this week, I don't know what in the world you're doing up there. You feel me? There's a sea in front of me and an army behind me, and I don't, I don't see a way out of this just yet. But I remember a story where you parted that sea. I remember a story where you destroyed that army. And so we're going to trust him. Amen. Matthew chapter 1 is where we're going to do a little bit of work today, but we're really going to bounce all over. I didn't hand out any notes to you today because I just want you to listen more than you write. Is that okay today? So if it's your first time here, we usually have cool sermon notes that you can fill in, but I just want you to listen a little bit today, and we're going to talk about Jesus. So, uh, Because he's our, he's our king, he's our savior, and today we get to celebrate the day that he joined us. And in Matthew 1, Matthew 1, he, uh, the Bible says that the, the angel came to, to me. Well, let's just read it, right? Let's just, let's just do that. I'm, I'm not. Matthew 1, 20 through 21 says, But after he had uh, considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And the reason that, you know, we, we, when we got ready to put together the worship set, myself and, and Adam and some of the others, and we were you know, picking which songs we were going to do. And someone said, how come you're talking about the, the, you know, this sounds like an Easter set, man. <laughs> we're talking about, you know, Jesus on the cross. I said, because Jesus had to come to the earth to go to the cross. And so today I, I, I there's, I can't help it, man. When I talk about Jesus at some point in time, we're going to talk about what he did for me on the cross. Okay. At some point in time, we're going to talk about how good he's been to me through his life, death and resurrection. And so no matter what's going on and no matter how crazy it gets out there, and I don't care if it's Easter, we're going to talk about what Jesus did for me. All right. So because Jesus could have came to the earth 
Jesus could have came to the earth and said, no, that's not, that's not quite what I had in mind. I don't, I don't think, but no, no, he knew his purpose on coming here. And when he came here, he lived out that purpose. He died with that purpose. He resurrected with that purpose. And because of that, you and I have purpose. Amen. So it don't take a lot for me to, we can talk about his birth and we're going to, but how many guys know that Jesus had a purpose when he came and when he came, he now fulfilled everything. We needed him to fulfill. So I want to talk to you today about the greatest gift. The greatest gift. I want you to know that God had a gift for us. And so I want to lay out some very key points in this gift. So let's go on a journey, shall we? The first thing I want you to understand in God's greatest gift for us is that it was about grace. Turn to your neighbor and say grace. And say it was about grace. You see, Jesus had to come to this earth for us. Tell your neighbor, say he came for me. Oh, you, now you got to act like you believe it now. Say he came for me. Jesus came to this earth for me. He, he God, You see, when God looked at us, because of Adam and Eve, when God looked at us, he saw a fragmented world, a broken society that was broken because of sin, because what sin had done in the world, God looked at it and he saw it. It was broken. And so God chose in his love to send Jesus. The humility part and all of that, we... You guys have heard Christmas stories, the manger, and that's where the animals were kept. And yeah, yeah, but to me, humility isn't where he was born. Humility is what he came to do. Because some of you were born into unlikely and unusual circumstances, too. That doesn't make Jesus special. What makes Jesus special is what he came to do, not where he was born. So God looked at a fragmented and broken humanity lost because of sin. We needed grace and we needed mercy. We needed a way. We needed a way out. So God in his infinite love for us saw us, wanted us, chose us, and then sent a savior for us. I want that to sink in for a few minutes because some of you have been battling things in your life from time and, and, and so on so much because you can't figure out why God has you where you are, or why, why you went through what you went through, or, or why brokenness is so common in your life. Poor pitiful me. Why? Hey, listen, God chose you. I get it. Sometimes life ain't fair. Case in point, man. But God saw you, but guess what? He, did, he didn't see you where you were. He saw you where he wanted you to be. So he saw you, but he didn't see the brokenness. He looked at you. He didn't see the terrible person that you were. How many guys know we ain't got to look back very far to see, right? Now, some of y'all self-righteous folks. Well, I wasn't that bad. Oh, you were. Some of y'all just didn't get caught as often as the rest of us. You feel me? But he didn't see, he, he didn't see us in who we were. He, see, he saw us in who he wanted us to be. And in that love, knew that we were going to require a savior. So he sent his son. 
Jesus. The angel comes to Mary, says, you're going to conceive a child through the Holy Spirit. And Joseph says, say what? <laughs> That's the B-O-V. And Joseph says, you're pregnant with a child, and it ain't mine. I know it ain't mine because we hadn't, like, I don't know how many children there are in this room, but you, you know where I'm at right now. He says, so I know that that baby ain't mine. It's ain't the Maury show. All right. The Lord speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. The angel comes and speaks and says, no, no, you, the virgin is going to conceive a child. That child will be named Jesus. And I have to do it this way because there's no other way that the world could explain what I'm doing here. So in purity, Jesus was born. And in purity, Jesus lived. And in purity, Jesus died so that we could receive grace. Because God is holy. And, I, and, I, and we talk to people about this all the time in our discipleship classes. You know, we always ask the question, what is God above all things? Before he's anything, he is what? And people are always like, love and whatever. No, 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 he's holy. And, and, and the Lord wanted us, but the Lord wasn't going to have us. You see, the, what happened is when, when I came in the picture Right, and, and I want you to put, your, put yourself in my place too. When, when I came into the picture, God said, no, 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 I'll have him. I want Brad. I, I, I want Brad Livingston. He's mine. And the enemy popped up and said, but you can't have him. See, he's sinful. And, and by your nature, God, this is the devil talking, by your nature, you can't be associated with sinful. And God says, by George, you're right. I got a plan. I'm going to send my son to be born in a manger, to live a life and die so that Brad Livingston or Dan Livingston or whomever is sitting out in these seats today could look at that, that baby born in a manger, grow up to be the man that died on the cross Confess in Jesus Christ and receive the next thing I want to talk to you about, and that's forgiveness. Forgiveness. You see, we needed grace, and then we needed forgiveness. So we got grace, which led to our forgiveness. I mean, how many guys know, like some of us have, we talked about it before, some of you have this tiny list of the things you think you did wrong, but then the rest of us unroll ours, you know what I'm saying? Like, falls on the floor, rolls to the wall, someone kicks it and it keeps going that way, someone carries it upstairs, right? We needed forgiveness, because God is holy above all things. The enemy's only argument against us for us is our guilt of sin. And so we had to be forgiven. God saw us not in our magnificence, not in our excellence. Listen, when God looked at you, he didn't see some varsity captain of the, of the team, all right? He saw a broken person. 
But the good part is he loved you there. You know, and, and, and some of us think we got to get it all together before we come to Jesus. Like we, we, we got to, well, you know, let me, let me clean myself off a little bit. Let me get the right clothes. Let me get the right attitude. You know, let me clean this up a little bit. Let me clean that up a little bit. And, and then I'll come to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. I need to clean that up in you. You see, you can't fix yourself. <laughs> Only Jesus can do that. And we got a bad habit of trying to clean fish before we catch them. You know, well, we got to get these scales off first. We need to clean you up some. No, no, no. Man, Jesus came and was born into a manger so that he could clean you up. So that he could clean me up. Forgiveness. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. There's a song that I've been listening to. And you guys ever had a, that moment where the Holy Spirit just meets you where you are? Jabin had been in the hospital for three days. And I'll be honest with you, man, I was just angry. I was angry with everything, God in particular. You know, just like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, do it to me, but leave him alone. You know, just let me go, you know, whatever. And, and so I was just, I was angry, and I remembered the teaching that I do. <laughs> and I just cried out to the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, I just need you to be my comforter right now. Because I just don't, I, I, I'm, I'm just out of, I'm running out of ideas here. And I turned on this song. And how ironic that the, the overwhelming lines and the overwhelming uh, thoughts that the Lord has allowed to just be circulating in me is his great love for me. And friends, let me tell you circumstances will convince you that that's not it, that that's not real. And man, it's just the, the, this one particular song that I've been listening to, the line in this song, I just want you to listen to these words. Behold his holy son, the lion and the lamb given to us. The word became a man that my soul should know its savior. Forsaken for the sake of all mankind. Salvation is in his blood. Jesus, Messiah, the righteous, died for love. Man, let me tell you, when that came on, when I tell you I wailed in my car, <laughs> like I have really dark tinted windows, so I wasn't worried about the people next to me thinking I was crazy. I literally pulled over into the parking lot with my forehead on my steering wheel and I screamed at the top of my lungs. Holy Spirit, reveal to me your love in spite of how I feel. 
And man, the Holy Spirit did that. He met me right where I was at and he comforted me. But the thought, what, what the Holy Spirit was doing in my mind was reminding me that it was all for love. That Jesus in the manger was all for love. That Jesus living life was all for love. That Jesus on the cross was all for love. And today we talk about a Jesus in a manger because of love and the necessity of forgiveness in our lives. Can we just give Jesus some praise in this house this morning? It was all for love. Christ had to come in the flesh, born in a manger, live a perfect life and die righteous so that we could receive forgiveness. In God's forgiveness, we take on the, the, the third thing I want to talk to you about today, and that's Christ's identity. The identity of Christ. Ephesians 1.5 says, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Man, I, I just want to read that to you one more time. Is it? It's not up. Okay, it's not up there. It's all good. It says, he predestined us for adoption. Church, that means that he saw you before you were who you are now. They're like, Everything that you've gone through in life that he predestined you for adoption now, no matter who you were then, he looked at you, saw you, the necessity of you having him, and then chose to die for you. So he sent, so what he sends his son, Jesus, in a manger so that we could now live out our predestined uh, adoption into the family. The state of Florida has this really interesting deal where um, that you can. When you have natural children, you can write those children out of your will. Parents, don't nudge your kids right now. You hear that? You hear that? Keep it up. Better do them dishes. So, so he ha- you, can, you can take your children out of your will. But your adopted children, you can't take them out. They're there. They're, they're tied to your legacy forever. They're going to get, they're getting some of that money. No, I'm just kidding. You know what I'm saying? All the adopted kids in the house, like, hey, you know, like. We were adopted. You know what that means? Nobody can take us out of that will. No one can take us away from the love of our Father. No one can take us away from from the benefits of being in family with the Lord. We're a part of this thing now. And it all started with a baby in a manger named Jesus. Jesus came so that the righteousness of himself, I want you to just get this for a second. I want you to just close your eyes in this house for just a second. I want you to think about if you had to wear on yourself the sin that you've gone, that you've had in life, what if you had to wear them labels? Some of y'all are like, man, I look like a mummy. I can't even, 
wouldn't even be able to walk around. I want you to close your eyes for a second. I mean, I want you to open your eyes. I'm sorry. Now, Jesus, yeah, some of y'all are like, man, we're going to do this all day. I don't know. When Jesus gave his life for us, he made it to where when God looks at us, he no longer sees our bandages and our labels. He just sees Jesus. We don't usually do this. Hold on a second. You have to give me like 10 more minutes, man. <laughs> Just hang out. Just, this is Adam Greedo, ladies and gentlemen. Put it together, Adam. His identity in us. The fourth thing that the Lord is doing in the greatest gift is God's transformation being completed in us. His grace. The next step is his forgiveness. The next step is his identity. And lastly, his transformation. What does that spell out, friends? The greatest gift that you've ever gotten in your entire life is God's grace, his forgiveness, his identity, and his transformation for you. See Ephesians 2.10, for you are God's masterpiece. You see, you, you thought that all the stuff that you've been going through and all the problems you've been having and all that, you thought all of that was just people were going to look down on you. No, 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 no. Everything you've gone through up until now, everything that you were and everything that you now are is part of God showing you off for the world to see. And so when, I, when we talk about my son and we talk about the pain we're going through, the only thing that gives me comfort is knowing that now we're going through something that the Lord's just going to show off for the world to see. It don't have to make sense to me. It'll make sense when I get my price tag. You know what I'm saying? Like when he puts me on the shelf, it'll start to make sense. But right now I'm in the hand of the potter and he's molding me into something. I can't figure it out. I don't know why it hurts so bad. I don't know why I got to be put on this wheel again in spite again and put back in the oven again. But all I know is at the end of this whole deal, he's going to put me on display for the world to see. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. All things have passed away. The old is gone. The new is here. Praise God. So Jesus came so that God's plan, his work, could be completed in us. You see, Santa didn't bring the greatest gift. I'll tell you what, speaking of gifts, let's just do something real quick like, uh, how about we have a look underneath all of our seats? I think a few of you may have something underneath there. Why don't you just look, look, look. Look, right now, look. Look, see if there's something underneath it. Is there anything underneath it? Some of y'all are like, no. Oh, it ain't under everyone's seat. This ain't, this, yeah. This. We got one over here? We got one over here? Yeah, we got one over here. There it is. 
Anyone else got one popping up anywhere? Anywhere? There's one. <laughs> Some of these empty seats, y'all like, man, let me start looking. There's one. There's one. There's one. <laughs> I see, they, there's one. Some of y'all are looking real hard. I see people crawling under seats and stuff. There's one. There's one. Yeah, there's some up in the balcony, too. Y'all said, I started looking if I was y'all. <laughs> hey, hey, look at this guy over here. <laughs> hey, we had, to, we had to give y'all something today. All right, so look here. It's all good. You're welcome. Some of y'all, some of y'all are still looking. You're looking next to you. Did you get anything? I didn't get anything either. This is crazy. No, we wanted to give you guys a uh, Merry Christmas. All right. We, <laughs> we wanted to give y'all something. But here's the, here's the deal. Um, I remember when I got my first smartphone. How many of you guys got a smartphone? Anybody? Make sure. 300 text messages that say Merry Christmas. Look at that. Ain't that something? How many guys, I remember I got my first smartphone. It was a gift. Someone, my, my wife got it for me. She said, here, you need this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I remember when I, when I first got it. But I remember what it was like before we had smartphones. Now, all y'all under 16, don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all even know what an encyclopedia looks like? You know what I mean? I don't even. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one. It's so funny. We have people on our staff, like, that are over 30 that take notes on paper. And all of us have our iPads and laptops out. We're all like, what's going on here? Hey, bless y'all. Y'all stuff doesn't accidentally get deleted. You know what I'm saying? So, but anyways, I remember when I got my first smartphone and, and, uh, you know, it was I, like now, now I'm like, man, how did I live life without this thing? You know, like I remember having to walk out the door. First of all, I had to grab, you had to grab your book of CDs, y'all with, you know, or, or cassettes, you know, I don't know how y'all rolled or your box of eight tracks. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, man, I still got my eight track in the car. I can't even, this thing won't die. <laughs> you know, like, it just keeps cranking every morning, you know. Plead the blood of Jesus over it. Lord, just let it crank today. I just need to, I just need to get where I'm going tomorrow, you know. <laughs> but I remember when I got my first smartphone, man, it was so crazy because now I'm like, how did I live life without this? Like, what was, what was life before a smartphone? Like, man, it's just, like, my music is on here. You can text from here. It's crazy. You can even make phone calls from these, you know, like, despite what you parents may think because your kids just stare at them all day. But you can make phone, like it, it was, just, it was, I remember, it, what was life before the smartphone? <clears throat> the, well, kind of. You just had to communicate with people that you can ignore now, but. <laughs> nope, not today, Satan. But y'all know I'm kidding, kind of. No. 
The ultimate gift. Man, what makes something the ultimate gift? Is it its value? Is it, is it the cost? Or maybe its appeal? No. You see, the greatest gifts are the ones that you need. Anyone ever given you something? You're like, oh, this is just great. Thank you so much. I'm definitely giving this to someone next year. Like, <laughs> the greatest gifts are the ones that you need. The ones that you don't ever know how you lived without. You see, Jesus was the ultimate gift. His value, immeasurable. His cost, incomprehensible. And his life, an absolute necessity. You see, his grace is unwavering to me. His identity is transcending through me. His forgiveness is unending for me. And his transformation is being completed in me. Jesus is the ultimate gift because how in the world did I ever live life before him? And how in the world could I ever imagine life without him? You see, the greatest gift are the ones you need. The greatest gifts are the ones that fulfill what's missing in your life. And Jesus was the ultimate gift because he filled the need. He took care of everything you didn't know how you could take care of yourself. So when Jesus was born in a manger, he provided the solution for every need that you could ever have in your entire life. Church, let's give Jesus some praise in the house one more time this morning. Come on, let's give him praise. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for your life. We rejoice in you today. We rejoice in you today. Hallelujah. I couldn't possibly let today go by. I texted Pastor earlier this week, and I just said, hey, we talked, and you know, I, he said, do you have something that you really want to share on Sunday? I said, I think I do. No greater gift have we ever received than a baby born in a manger. Close your eyes with me in this place. You see... For Jesus to come and, and, and live and, and die, we needed that. Sometimes I hear people talk about God, how he just needs us. And I think that's a desperate misconception. Eternity without him was hell. Jesus comes to the earth, he dies for, or he, he comes to the earth, he's born in a manger, he lives life, he dies. And some of you in this house have been thinking that you were gonna get it right on your own. Like, no, I got this. I'm, I'm a good person, man. I try to do the right things. I try to take care of people. I give when I can. I, I'm nice. Those things aren't enough. You gotta have a savior. If 
And maybe you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. I want to. Today, you have a chance to celebrate Christmas the right way. And that's knowing, not just knowing about the baby in the manger, but knowing the baby in the manger. If you're in this place today, you say, I don't know if I'm saved, Pastor. I know enough about God to know that I'm not right with God. But I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ that when he died on the cross, he died for me. And that he made me new. I need grace. I need forgiveness. I need identity. I need to be transformed. That's you today. You want to know Jesus before you leave this place. Would you just raise your hand? I need Jesus in my life. God bless you. Hands are going up. God bless you. Once you put your hand up, you can put it back down. God bless you. I need Jesus in my life today. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer all across this place today. And as you pray it, this prayer doesn't make you saved. Putting your faith in Jesus Christ, that when he died on the cross, he died for you and replaced your sin with his own righteousness. That faith alone is what makes you saved. But we're going to pray together so that you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And if you pray this prayer, not because of this prayer, but if you pray this prayer, you believe it in your heart that you're putting your faith in Jesus Christ, you are saved. So church, everyone across this building, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming, born in a manger. You lived perfect so that you could die for me. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my unrighteousness. Forgive me for my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I want to follow you the rest of my life. Take my life, put it back together. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, church, put your hands together for all those.